Welcome to the Pitting Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs. Ready to talk a little bit of college wrestling. We've got a couple of the uh, national tournaments uh, are complete. And now we've got uh, the big, the crown jewel uh, D1 championships coming up this Thursday through Saturday at Will Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of question marks here. I think Penn State's a a heavy favorite, obviously. Um, Then how will two through five kind of, you know, pan out? uh, you know, are the Hawkeyes going to be healthy or are they going to be hurt, hurting like they were at the end of the Big Tens? You know, uh, how how will the seniors finish through? Will David Carr uh, be able to win his second straight title uh, for Iowa State? Will you and I's Parker Kekeisen, uh improve last year's uh, third place finish? A lot of questions to be answered, huh? Absolutely. You, you nail it in every front there. Um, well, let's start with the team race, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I'll add to that question. Can Michigan hit on all cylinders at nationals like they did at the big tens and, and maybe, maybe top Penn state. So, I, you know, two weeks ago, I would have said Penn state's a clear and heavy favorite. I don't know if they are as much of a favorite now after the big tens and, and what Penn, uh, Michigan was able to do. So, yeah, um, makes for excitement, you know, and, and, and also with the injuries, I mean, who knows with Iowa? I mean, I, I, they could be in the hunt or maybe drop out of the trophy race, um, you know, because we've got some, a lot of guys that are hurt. you got a lot of guys that like to keep matches close and they can be knocked off at any time. So it's, it, there's questions all over the place. It makes it exciting. Yeah, you know, uh, I guess just sticking with the team race right now, you know, I still, I still think Penn state uh, is, is the, the favorite despite the big 10, just because, you know, a lot of, a lot of the guys where they finished at the big 10, I still think that's where they're going to end up uh, in Detroit. I think you, you've got Bravo young in the finals uh, there as well. Um, you know, Nick Lee at 141. I think you're going to have a finalist in, uh, you know, Sorochi at 74 and, uh, you know, likely Brooks at 84. Max Dean is uh, capable to do that uh, at 97, even though 97 is going to be an extremely tough weight. I just don't know if I see the same out of Michigan. You know, sure, you got Soriano. Um, you know, 184 is pretty tough. And, uh, you know, Miles Amin certainly could win it. I could also see him finishing third or fourth, too, to be honest with you. Exactly. Um, and, like, Cam Amin at uh, Cameron Amin at 165 was a finalist. I'm not sure I, I see him scoring that many points um, like he did. Same with uh, – uh, Luan at uh, 157. Um, but, of course, you also have Stevan uh, Micic that, uh, you know, wasn't necessarily a big contributor at the Big Tens, but could turn it on and, you know, finish really high. So, you know, I, I think it, I think it's going to be a, 
I think it's Penn State here. I think Michigan, and if Iowa's healthy here, and then you've got others like NC State, Arizona State, Missouri, um, kind of in that third tier as well. Well, I think you nailed it. I agree with, with everything there, and, and it's you know it, a lot of questions. I mean, you could throw a couple of Penn State kid, kids in there as you know, like Hildebrand at twenty five, and uh, what, what's the heavyweight saying? Uh, I always mispronounce. Kirk Bullet, yeah. Uh, you know, so I don't know if those guys will be place winners. You know, they could drop out a little bit there, but you're right with their with their horses, and, and you know, a couple of their returning champs are are question marks right now as to whether they're going to be returning or they'll be champs again. They'll be high place winners, but and likely finalists, but you know. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Well, Iowa's got all 10 um, in the field. Um, you know, you, you've got uh, Drake Ayala uh, just looking at their seeds here. Um, let me pull them up to make sure I get them right. Um, but uh, Ayala is the 13th seed at 125. He'll open with Fabian Gutierrez of Chattanooga. 133, you got Austin Sano, who's the number five seed, which I think was kind of a shock. Um, I, I guess I thought 133, the top three were kind of cemented. Um, one, two, three with Bravo Young, Fix, and DeSanto, but apparently it didn't fit the matrix. Uh, Right, so DeSanto's uh, number five seed. He'll open with Sidney Flores of Air Force. Jaden Ironman, uh, runner-up a year ago, is the number two seed. He'll face Wilfredo Gill of Franklin and Marshall. Uh, Max Mirren, number eight seed. He's got Corbin Monson of Central Michigan. 149, Caleb Young uh, is a nine seed at 157 versus Doug Zapp of Penn. Alex Marinelli's the three seed. He's got Evan Barzak of Drexel. Michael Kemmer is the five seed. At 174, he's got Ben Pasuik of Army. Abe Asad's number 18 seed at 184. He's got Hunter Bolin uh, at Virginia Tech. That's a tough matchup, even though Bolin's the uh, 15 seed. Uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's an All-American type uh, uh, competitor. Um, and with 97, Jacob Warner's number six, and Tony Teofi's the three seed at heavyweight. Out of those seats, did anything? I mean, I mentioned the Santo, but did anything uh, surprise you with how that fell out? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Santo, man, that was, I mean, that surprised a lot of people around the country. Um, you know, though, I, I it, it changes the route there, but you know, I think RB, RBY and Fix are really close, and I wouldn't be surprised if Fix actually won it if they both make the finals. So, mm -hmm. with with uh, DeSanto being on RBY side, you know, that I don't know if that is all that damaging. Now it comes down to he's just got to be able to finish his takedowns. He gets in. And he's just got to be able to finish his takedowns. And I don't know if that's a, a, a physical thing that, that, that uh, RBY is putting on him or if it's a if it's a mental thing that he's just getting in there and stopping and not really trying to turn the corner. So we'll see on that one. So that's 
you know, the other seeds, you know, there's some tough ones, but but uh, they're just gonna have to battle and win. Yeah, not that it makes re- doesn't really make that much of a difference. Uh, Cassiope getting the three seed behind uh, Schultz of Arizona State. I thought that was uh, a little wonky. Um, uh, I thought thought coming in it'd be kind of a clear cut one two with uh, Stevenson uh, Cassiope, but uh, I guess we'll see when if those two meet in the semifinals. Um, but you well, know, the, this is, uh, KJ, as long as you brought up heavyweight, uh, interesting that the seventh seed. So Cassiope actually felt nice as the third seed because the seventh seed meets up with the second seed in the quarterfinals and the seventh mm-hmm. seed is Mason Paris. Wow. So, so Cassiope kind of by being third fell into a nicer route. That's actually, that's actually a good point. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's been a little bit um, of a different Mason Paris. I think he wrestled better in the big tens and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be uh, that's an interesting one coming out of that bottom that bottom half because uh, and you got Jordan Wood at number six there too from Lehigh. Um, you really can't uh, use Penn to put Cassiope and um, Schultz in the semifinals really when you've got uh, those two possible matchups to get by in the quarterfinals with wood in paris good point right and heavyweight man we've seen some crazy things through the years happen at heavyweight you just never know <laughs> for sure for sure where, where do you see iowa where do you see iowa finishing you know uh, you know obviously with the depth and some of the point scores they have even though they don't have you know, the uh, 25, 26 points you can kind of guarantee from uh, Spencer Lee. Um, but where, where do you see Iowa when it's all said and done? Oh, boy. Um, okay, so here we go. I, this is my concerns because I don't know. Injuries, <laughs> injuries with, at 25, at 74, uh, at 41. And at heavyweight, those injuries, I don't know how bad they are and how much they're going to impact the team. And then I've got a handful of, of kids other than those four that like to wrestle the matches close. And when that happens, man, you, you know, you, it, it can go, you know, that's where you can drop a match that you didn't think you're going to drop. Um, my, my favorite pick, I'm going to say it right now for, for Iowa is Marinelli. I think he can win it. And, and, and this, I really think he's going to win it this year. But you know, there's a guy that hasn't had great success at the at the national tournament. He's had some you know, first round losses and those types types of things. So, um, you know, so with Iowa, you could go two ways. You know, they're in the hunt, I and mean, they certainly have the numbers if everyone can contribute. But if they don't, those question marks that I have, they could even fall maybe potentially out of the trophy uh, race there. So. I don't know. I'm all over the place on this, KJ. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that that's the biggest thing is it's just uh, the uncertainty. Um, right. You know, where, what's Ironman going to, 
how's Ironman going to be after, you know, the Big Tens? Because, you know, you could, you could tell he was, he was bothered um, in the one quarterfinal match that he wrestled. And he's going to end up getting uh, Sebastian Rivera, very, uh, potentially, potentially, um, in the semifinals, and that's that's going to be a tough hurdle to clear, you know. And, and you mentioned okay, how how bad is Cassiopeia's? You know, Kemmer claimed he was he was doing well and feeling as good as he has since the Big Tens, and um, but you just don't know, and especially with shoulders and stuff like that, it it doesn't take much. Uh, for, for the aggravation or, or, you know, for re-injury, um, you know, for, for that type of uh, situation. So it's like, you know, what's going to happen? You know, you've got guys like Max Muren at the eight and, and Caleb Young at the nine that are capable of finishing, you know, uh, in the top four. But you could also see him in the round of 12. So, you know, what, what are they going to end up, uh, you know, getting, getting out of them? And what are you going to get out of Drake Ayala? Yep. You know, as a freshman, uh, he, he's looked very good at times. Um, you know, you've got Brandon Courtney, who is a national finalist if they, uh, if they meet in the first round. And then you get by that, you got Cardinal from West Virginia, likely. Um, Regardless of the opponent during that in that section, Ayala was gonna have a really, really tough road um, yeah. if he gets through that first that first round. Right. And and you're you know, the we kind of touched on most bases, but we haven't yet on three. So you've got um DeSanto at, at 33 and and Marinelli, who have been really you know, the front runners on the Iowa team this year. But even with DeSanto, he's got a He's got a you know tough road like we talked about, and and it's you know those top two are you know so good. I I don't know if he's can get in there or not. So we'll see that with Marinelli. You know that's your I feel that's the best bet. So that we can go there with uh, Assad. I don't know if he's there yet. So hopefully he can bust through and get into, to be an All American this year. But uh, he's had a good he's had a good uh, post Christmas, uh, but. Uh, We'll see on that one, but I don't know if he's quite there yet. Sure. Sure. I I still I still think Iowa ends up being second. Um if everybody's healthy. I could see them finishing third or fourth um behind Michigan, maybe NC State if NC State puts things together. Um you know, but I, I still think uh uh I still have them slotted in there at uh, at number two um, when everything shakes out. So uh, we'll see about that. Um, we'll also see if Iowa State can uh, move back into the, the top ten. Do you do you think uh, do you think this is a chance or this is the year that uh, Kevin Dresser gets the Cyclones back in the top ten? You know, they're in a position where it's going to, if the, if the field gets spread out a lot, that could happen because they have, you know, Carr, man, I, I just don't see him losing. You know, he, he's just so steady and so, so, you know, so, 
so good. But you know, it, like it, anything can happen, of course. But so they're going to have those points, uh, and then I think they're going to, you know, you know, at, at eighty-four, Coleman's going to be a good shot there. Um, I, you know, I just think I'm not sure with Parker where he's at, if, if he's injured or what. But he's been kind of up and down a little bit. Um, Dagan up and down a little bit. So if those guys can get firing, um, you know, they're they can certainly be in the top ten. I think. Yep. Yeah, and. Uh... I'll just run down their uh, first round matchups here. Uh, Kyson Tarakina, he's the 26 uh, seed at 125. He's got number seven, Trevor Mastro Giovanni of Oklahoma State. Uh, 133, Ramazan Uh is the number 24 seed. He's got number nine, Michael Colacho of uh, Penn. Uh, 141, you mentioned Ian Parker. He's a 13 seed. He's got number 20, Parker Phileas of Purdue. And, you know, you mentioned just kind of where Parker was, you know, his performance at the Big 12s. Um, but Phileas knocked off Stevan Mitchich and Chad Red, um, I believe, um, at the uh, at the Big 10s. So, that that's not an easy uh, bout. Um, that's not a real easy draw there. Um, out of the gate, for Parker. Uh, one forty nine. Jarrett Dagan, uh, the number seventeen seed. He's number sixteen. William McDougal of Oklahoma. Uh, then you mentioned uh, David Carr, the number one seed, defending uh, national champion. Uh, he's either got uh, he's got the winner between number thirty two Jordan. Uh, Slivka of Ohio or uh, Derek Holschlag of UNI. Um, and of course, uh, Carr and Holschlag, that was a, a decision in the duel. Uh, Holschlag was able to prevent bonus points uh, there at the McLeod Center. 174, Joel Devine's number 24 seed. He's got number nine, Mikey Labriola of Nebraska, which in addition to DeSanto, I think that was probably one of the more egregious seeds um bad seeds of the tournament there's no way mikey labriola is the number nine the ninth best uh 184 or 187 pounder uh there um not exactly sure how that played out um you know but uh that's a that's a tough uh matchup for divine in the first round, 184, you mentioned uh, Marcus Coleman. He's number eight seed. He's got number 25, Michael Batista of Virginia. Younger Bastida, who I still think is a wild card. Um, that's, a, that's a guy that, you know, if, if things work out well, and if, he hits, uh, if he hits a stride, he's somebody that can uh, – go a long way on the front side of the bracket. He's number 10 seed. Um, he's got uh, number 23, Braxton Amos of uh, Wisconsin. And then at heavyweight, uh, Sam Schuyler, uh, number 24 seed. He's got number nine, Lucas Davidson of Northwestern. Um, I'm not I'm not so sure that's a, that isn't a match he could win. Um, I know Davidson's pretty uh, a salty, but um, when it comes to heavyweight, I, we've seen Skyler wrestle well at times. And, uh, you know, I 
I think it's something he possibly uh, he could come out with a win. But right, we'll have to wait and see on 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 that, of course. But um, I, I agree with you with Bastida. You know, he's he's sitting in a pretty nice spot actually um, at the tenth seed. His if he gets through that, likely he would have Rocky Elam, who he beat in overtime in the duel from uh, Elam from uh, Missouri, who's the seventh mm-hmm. seed. So. And then the second seed there is Buchanan from Wyoming. So it's, and he's in that quarter. So that's not the worst place to be for him. So you're right. I think that's the potential to, to really spring, springboard through. And, and with him, you never know. He's so good on his feet and uh, he's exciting to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's what I said. You know, if, if, uh, you know, if he, he gets hot at the right time, you know, and that's a big, we talked about how uh, how tough the Big Twelve was, and at that weight class, and it kind of shows there where you could have uh, three, you know, a couple Big Twelve matchups um, mm-hmm. right there, where you've got the two seven and ten um, in the bracket with Buchanan, Elam, and Bastida. So, yeah, you know, Bastida's got a win over number six Jacob Warner. Um, who's on that bottom side as well. Um, you know, Eric Schultz stumbled in the finals at the Big Ten, losing to Max Dean. So, uh, you know, I think some things are up for grabs here at 197. I think this could be one of the more uh, surprising weight classes. Right. And you brought up Labriola at 74, and I'm, and I'm looking at guys in front of him. Man, that's a deep weight weight class. Yeah, it, is. it is. So, I mean, I, I agree he doesn't belong at nine, but there's some there's some solid wrestlers at 74 and, and 84 as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, uh, when you're, when you, especially when you look at those top four, and even when you include Cameron, even, even though uh, he's banged up uh, as the five. Um, but you've got Starochi, you've got Makai Lewis, um, you know, Logan Massa, uh, Hayden Hidley. Um, you know, that's uh, that weight class is really good. And, and like you said, um, you know, even, you know, five, six, um, seven, and I'm including uh, Labriola and the you know, the five, six, seven range really mm-hmm. um, ahead of like Ethan Smith and Dustin Plott um, and Michael O'Malley of Drexler, of Drexel. Um, so I don't know. What's it going to take for Iowa State? Uh, you well, know, I mean, they've, they've wrestled really well at times. I think they stumbled a little bit out of the gate there at the Big 12, but they actually did uh, finish pretty pretty strong um, and, and did well. What's it going to do for them to, to move into that 7, 8, 9 range? I think they're going to have to do, like you just mentioned, in the national tournament like they did at the, in the uh, Big 12s. They're, you know, because they're probably going to lose some matches. And they're going to have to do it on the backside. But I think these guys, like I mentioned, Parker – Dagan, Coleman, Bastida, and obviously Carr. I think those are the best opportunities to be All-Americans. And if they can do that, you know, those guys, they're in it. They're in the top ten, I believe. 
So you and I, um, they've got uh, eight qualifiers, and actually, it's the most uh, uh, most qualifiers ever under Doug Schwab. And interestingly, uh, as well, they have another as an alternate. Um, they had a wild card, at large bid, and uh, berth, and uh, heavyweight with Terrell Gordon. Um, Kale Happel is an alternate at 141. Um, but uh, you've got uh, Brody Teske, the 15th seed at 125. He's got number 18, Noah Certain. Uh, Kyle Biscaglia, uh, 14 seed at 133. He's got Chattanooga's Braden Palmer. Uh, the 19 at 149. Butto, who had a really good Big 12 tournament. Um, so do you think he's uh, you know, coming in with some momentum? Uh, he's the 20th seed. He's got number 13, Bo Bartlett of Penn State. I think that's a very winnable match. Uh, we mentioned uh, Holschlag uh, and Slivka of Ohio in that uh, 157 pigtail. Uh, the winner gets David Carr. Not a real great place to be, but um, and just a, just a note on that. The uh, for people that might remember Joel Greenley, uh, oh. the Ohio coach. That Joel Greenley is the Ohio coach. There's a connection there. Who was a former uh, UNI All American, multi-time All American, and and uh, so thought I'd throw that in there. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. At 165, Austin Yance, the number 15 seed. He's got number 18, Anthony Valencia of Arizona State. That's not necessarily, um, you know, Anthony hasn't necessarily had the success that uh, his brother Zahid has, has had, but uh, Anthony Valencia as an 18 seed is kind of a head scratcher um, given, you know, being a uh, – Returning All-American, uh, world team member from Mexico. I mean, that's a, a pretty pretty tough matchup uh, um, to start. At 174, you got Lance Runyon, the 18th seed against Anthony Mantanona of Oklahoma. 184, Parker Kekheisen is the fourth seed for the second straight year. He's got number nine, Chris Weiler of Wisconsin. And then at heavyweight, Terrell Gordon, he's also in that the pigtail match, like Holschlag, and he's got number 32, Matt Cover of Princeton, which is inter interesting because uh, Matt Cover was not the heavyweight for Princeton to start. Um, I think a lot of people will remember that was Del Garbino who pinned Tony Cassiope in the uh, opening uh, – in one of the first duels, if not the, the season opener um, for the Hawkeye. So somebody different there at the heavyweight for, for Princeton. Right. I'm, I'm guessing it's injury because um, you, you'd think uh, otherwise he'd be wrestling or whatever, but uh, um, yeah, I, I, it was definitely the opening duel meet for Iowa. I think there were some wrestlers that wrestled up at the Luther Open. So anyway. you, you know what, what do you think about the, uh, kind of what you and I is bringing to the field and, and what the potential is for, for them coming in. Well, I mean, you and I has got some tough seeds, some lower seeds. They're going to have to really wrestle above seed. Um, obviously uh, Parker is their, is their guy. And it, it, as Parker goes, so goes the Panthers. Um, you know, so if he has a great tournament 
and the others don't, they'll have that to, to uh, bank on a little bit. But if we can get him going and then maybe a couple others, you know, sneak through, um, I'd like to think that uh, maybe they have a chance at, at uh, 25 and 33. Um, and then the others are probably long shots, I would say. Um, so you talked about 41 with Kale Happel being an alternate, because that's kind of a new thing, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Um, so. Yeah, can you describe that a little bit? I think they picked four alternates, and then if someone's not able to wrestle, maybe COVID or whatever. Is that the situation? Yeah, and I, I think it's to avoid uh, scratches, kind of like what we had last year with Lance Runyon. Um, I think they've got guys that are ready to step in. Um, so you're not having that last minute, um, uh, you know, uh, buy or forfeit because of somebody not wanting to, um, you know, kind of bow out. Not that, uh, you know, the situation last year with you and I was they thought he was going to be ready, but it just turned out that his elbow uh, wasn't good enough last year. So running had the scratch at the last minute, but this would allow uh, somebody to be ready to go travel, like Happel will travel uh, with the team uh, and be eligible to, to step in um, if somebody isn't able to go um, at the weight class. Gotcha. So that, that means he'd have to be down to weight and ready to go and still be training hard and yep yeah. that's that's not neat for him but it's a tough spot to be in too <laughs> sure sure and, and it's and i understand you know there are some some that don't want to you know make the decision on monday you know who's to say okay i might feel better in a day or two or, or at least well enough to be able to go so you don't want to have to to sacrifice that birth so early but then you know, that brings up the, you know, the situation where they just weren't good enough uh, to be cleared to go on Thursday. So instead of having that, uh, that lost match, you've got somebody to plug in. So I, I like it. I like it. I think it's uh, good. It doesn't put uh, a lot of pressure on people having to, you know, I think I remember the West Virginia 97 pounder one year, you know, qualified and was, beat up and and kind of had a you know decline and mm-hmm. and scratch himself early but um yeah, I, I i like it and you know yeah you've got to you've got to train and make sure you're down to weight and stuff like that but you also get kind of a quasi feel for uh what the nationals are going to be like and and preparing for it so uh hopefully it's a positive even if he doesn't end up uh getting a chance to get on the mat um right it's real helpful hey did you did you happen to pick your finalists i i sure did i i sure did i got the uh, finalists uh uh top uh top five teams and then i've got uh and i've got kind of a, a dark horse or, or uh Cinderella champ, I guess, um, to go with. Does that sound good? Sure. Yeah. All right. How How do you want to start? Do you want to just roll down from uh, – do you want to start with the teams or do you want to do that, that last? Uh, 
let's do teams last, I guess. Let's you know, okay. you know, do 25, I'll do 33, and then every other one. Okay, sounds good. So uh, at 125, um, now were we doing the were we doing the Cinderella or the Dark Horse Champ uh, for each weight, or just pick one guy? Because I only picked one guy that I kind of I kind of did it. It's when I was going through, I I on some weights I picked the Cinderella. So I've got one, two, three, four, six weights where I did a Cinderella and four that I didn't because then I was going to pick from those six who my Cinderella was. So, gotcha. so I kind of have a yes and no on that. All right. Well, uh, I will uh, – uh, 125, I've got Nick Suriano. I thought he looked really tough. Uh, um, really tough in the uh, uh, Big Tens, even though I kind of wavered a little bit uh, because I've got Vito um, from Cornell as the runner-up. I could easily flip flop those two, but right now I'm going with Soriano as my champ, and uh, Vito as my runner up at 25. Yeah, and I I had a hard time going away from Glory, so I had Soriano and Glory in the finals with Soriano winning it. So um, I just I stayed to, to seed on that one, I guess. So then at 33, <laughs> that was you know as much as I, I uh, you know with DeSanto at the fifth seed. And his not being able to break through with RBY, I have RBY and Fix in the finals, and I think RBY wins it again. So, yeah, I've I've got it reversed. I've got I've got Fix coming out on top uh, yeah. this time. Uh, nothing more than a hunch, um, but I've got Dayton Fix as my uh, thirty-three pound champ, and uh, Roman Bravo Young uh, from Penn State as my uh, number two. So at 141, um, man, I really, really, really wanted to go with Sebastian Rivera um, coming out of that bottom side of the bracket. I don't think it matters who does. I think Nick Lee's going to win it. Uh, so Nick Lee's my champion. But um, I went with Jaden Ironman. Uh, maybe he's a homer in me kind of uh, kind of popped out since I cover uh, – Iowa wrestling, um, but I, I think it, it really is a coin flip in the semifinals, and and uh, I certainly I certainly would have been comfortable picking Sebastian Rivera, but I went with Jaden Ironman as my runner up there at forty one. All right, so at forty one, I I have because of the injury and the unknown, I had. Uh, Nick Lee and, and Rivera in the finals. I did not have Jaden as much as I want him there, and I hope that he gets there. I, I just with the with the injury, I, I didn't. I, not knowing the extent of it, I, I kind of went with Rivera, and then I actually have Rivera winning it. So I did. Really? I did take the lead. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, but here's one where I had a, a, a kind of a long shot, um, not to not to get to the finals necessarily, but to be an All American. And it's coming all the way from the 18th seed. I, I just, for some reason, Jack Ryan, watching him a couple of years ago and, and uh, from North Carolina State, I just, I just, okay. so that's my, he's clear down at, where is he at the 18th seed? So I just, that stuck out to me. And I thought <laughs> if Ironman, in fact, is hurt, maybe he's the one that the pull, you know, comes out of that quarter. Oh, sure. 
So that was my thought there. Um, so you know, a lot of my decision in this way really was based on Ironman maybe not being 100%. So anyway, oh, it's my, now at 149. Uh, to me, an easy choice for, for one finalist, that's Yanni. Hollis. I mean, that guy is just so fun to watch. He's so, so good. And then the not so easy on the other side. I was, I was looking at uh, Gomez or Wilson and I, I actually went, I just went with Gomez because he's got a little bit better resume than, than Wilson. Uh, Gomez from Wisconsin, you know, re-entered wrestling and then uh, Wilson North State again. So, but Yanni's my clear champ there. Over Gomez. Yeah, I, I'd have to. I actually had the same picks. I really like, obviously, you know, Yanni D. I, uh, that guy's so fun. Um, it's been uh, glad to have him back, uh, you know, at the national tournament. And, uh, Gomez, I was really impressed with the way Gomez wrestled at the, the Big Tens. Boy, he really came out and he was firing. Uh, he was going. He was going after big moves, man. And, and when you're doing that, there's a confidence and, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a looseness to you that, you know, you, you feel you can uh, take down Goliath if you have to. And um, I was just really impressed with the way he looked at Big Tens. Uh, got a nice win with Sasso, which let's talk about one of the better uh, – uh, semifinals that could be in this tournament on Friday night. Uh, that would be Yanni Diakamahalis and Sammy Sasso uh, facing off there. That could be uh, a really fun. Uh, but I agree with you. I've got uh, Yanni Diakamahalis uh, and Austin Gomez 1-2 there. Um, at 157, I think you nailed it right on the head coach. Um, I just do not see David Carr losing to anybody in this bracket. Um, you know, I saw on Twitter where people were saying, okay, who's your lock? Um, you know, after Gable Stevenson, and there, there are a lot of different, uh, answers. Um, but the one that I was perplexed about was, uh, David Carr was like fourth or fifth on a lot of people's lists as far as being a lock. I think he's right up there with, you know, uh, with Stevenson, I think he's right up there with, um, you know, I know you went with uh, Rivera over Nick Lee, but, you know, Yanni, I think he's right up there with uh, those guys as far as being, you know, pretty sure things to be wrestling on uh, Saturday night. Then I have him uh, wrestling Ryan Deacon in the finals, uh, car winning, uh, Deacon being number two, Deacon from Northwestern. Right. I'll rubber stamp that. Move on. <laughs> because <laughs> I think he's that good. And I agree 100% with you. So, all right. Now, now it gets a little bit trickier at 65 for me. So, Evan Wick is the number one seed. I had to, I had to pick one big upset. And I think this is going to be it. I don't think – I always call him Sticky Wick because he's on top of that, that length and he's so clingy and everything. So, he's really great on top. But I don't know if anyone's there that can knock him off. So I, I, I was looking at Griffith, who was a defending champ, right? And then, and then Hamity from Wisconsin, who's equally as tough. And uh, 
So I, I actually went with Amity beating Wick and then Marinelli um, coming down, uh, coming in on the bottom half and Marinelli wins it. So my, my champ here is Marinelli. Uh, you know what? I was thinking I had uh, a unique pick at 165. Somehow we are on the exact same page. I have Alex Marinelli beating Dean Hamity in the finals. Oh. Um, with Marinelli as my champ and Hamity uh, as the runner-up. Right. Um, and then uh, I, I did have a little bit of a long shot there to maybe make the semifinals or hopefully not the finals. Mm -hmm. uh, Ohio State, um, um, uh, Carson, uh, what? what Carcholo, is, is he a freshman? Yes. Freshman, so you never know there, but you, you know that's that's my kind of my long shot at this way to to go far. Yeah, I, that's a that'd be a uh, pretty good pick. Um, we both picked number one and number two seeds to not make the finals of it. How about that? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, there's always one way that where you have something like that, and I just. I just see 165. I just don't, you know, uh, you know, Wick in the past, you know, I, I know he's he's good and solid. I just, I just don't see how going out to Cal Poly would have helped him uh, improve as far as practice partners, competition he's seen during the the season. I just don't see how that's that's going to prepare him as well, um, you know. And you know, I do have Hamity, uh, you know, coming out of there. Uh, we've seen how he's wrestled against Marinelli in the the Big Ten, uh, uh, the rest of the Big Ten field, you know. And then you've got Shane Griffith on that side as well. That's just going to be tough for uh, either one of those two. It's going to be a tough matchup for Wick, right. um, you know. And then. Keegan O'Toole, you know, he's got, you know, he he's he's got the resume, he's got the talent. I one, I just think uh, you know, Alex Marinelli, this is kind of the time where, you know, mm -hmm. he kind of comes through and and fish, finishes on top. Um I just think it's uh just the way for for him to kind of close things out uh, more than anything. Seventy four. I'm curious here. What do you got? Yeah, I uh, you know, I went pretty vanilla on this one. Um, no, uh, maybe a little bit of a different, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a, a different finish. But I've got the one and two seeds making the finals. But I have Makai Lewis of Virginia Tech winning instead of Carter Starochi. So I have the top two seeds getting there, um, but just flip-flopping uh, with Lewis coming out on top over Starochi. Man, we're on the same page, because I had the very same thing. Lewis yeah. yeah oh, yep. And then, but I mean, with, with Massa and Hidley there, Massa being third seed, Hidley the fourth seed, that just is a deep weight, and it's going to be fun. Those semifinals are going to be on fire, so we'll see. Yeah, and, and this is... This is a way I think where you could have, you know, uh, you know, you could have a six or a seven, 
certainly you could have a, a five, maybe not a seven. I don't see Ethan Smith getting through, but you know, I mean, if Kemmer is healthy, he's dangerous uh, at the five. You mentioned Hidley at four. You know, you've got Labriola there. Um, you know who who's really good. Uh, Dustin Plot from Oklahoma State. Um, you know, this this could be uh, a fun one. Right, and and uh, I didn't mean to ignore Kemmer, but again, it's that shoulder because Kemmer is. Is, is good enough to win it. Right. He can anyone in, in this. It just depends on where he's at on that shoulder. So I don't mean to ignore him or anything, but I just had to go with lack of not knowing what the injury was like. No, I I, I agree 100%. 84, is that me? It is, isn't it? Yep. So 84, tough weight. Um, as much as I hope Parker Kekaisen wins it, and I sure want him to, um, I don't, I don't know that he can crack into the final. So um, I, I picked Amin. And then on the other side, this was tough between Brooks and Hidley. Um, but I, I, I picked Brooks. Um, and then I, I actually have Amin winning it. I think he's going to beat Brooks. Yeah. Right. Uh, I have Aaron Brooks uh, uh, winning it. He's my champ at 184. Um, and I have Parker Kekeisen making the finals. Yes. I, I have, you know, there, there's something about him. There's something about the pace that he wrestles. Um, I, I think uh, he, there, there's just something, I, it's just a gut feeling that um, I like him being on the opposite side of Hidley and Brooks. And I think Amin is a, is a matchup that, you know, uh, I could, I could see Parker's pace paying off in the third period and coming out on top. Um, but, but I think there still is kind of a, a block. I see him facing Brooks and, you know, Brooks has had his number, beat him in the semifinals last year, beat him 3-2 earlier this year. He just almost like a DeSanto, uh, uh, DeSanto, Roman, Bravo, Young kind of thing where he's he's been able to wrestle close and, and in the match but just can't get over the hump. And I, I think that's going to be the case here again. Um, but I like uh, those two being in the, the final. Uh, at 197. Um, I think I kind of went uh, the status quo there uh, as well, except like 74, uh, I flip-flopped. Uh, I went with Stephen Buchanan from Wyoming over Max Dean. Um, so the number two over the number one um, there. However, this is the weight class where I see kind of uh, the Cinderella guy coming through. And my pick is going to be uh, – if there's going to be one outside of, say, the top four uh, that wins a title, I'm going to go with uh, Nino uh, Bonacorsi of Pitt. Um, oh, okay. He's the number five seed. Um, he's on the same side with uh, Max Dean. He's 15-3 and three this year. He was a national runner-up last year at 197. Uh, uh, one of his – he's uh, avenged one of his losses – um, which came, 
during the ACC. He uh, he overturned that to to win the um, to win the conference title. Uh, he could face Pat Brookie of Michigan, who handed him one of his other losses. Um, and then, you know, I, I think Dean's, uh, you know, I think of a lot of top seeds. Dean is one that's vulnerable, just kind of like Miles Amin. And uh, not picking him, but I'm saying if I, if I if I had one to to kind of go with, it would be uh, Bonacorsi. Okay, so and I like Tanner Tanner Sloan making the uh, podium as the number twelve seed for South Dakota State as well. Well, I like that. That'd be awesome. So uh, ninety-seven. I, I I have Dean and, and again, it's the and Schultz in the finals, and I think Dean wins it again, even though that was real close. But my long shot here, we spoke of earlier, is the Cyclone, younger Bastida. So, I mean, I don't know that he can win it, but I think he can place high. So, and he's coming from the, from the, what do you say, 10th seed, I think he was. So, right. And, uh, you know, so that's, uh, that's my long shot here. Not necessarily to win it, but to place high. I, I like it. I like it. You know, if he, if he, uh, if he gets hot, he's, he's a tough out. Right. He's going to be a tough out for anybody. Right. Um, if he's, if he's feeling it on his feet. And then also coming out of that same part of the bracket was Rocky Elam. So either one of those two, but of course we want our cyclone to, to shine there. Sure. And then at heavyweight, so there's the, the heavyweight champion and then there's the rest. Yeah. <laughs> so of course, you know, so, so obviously Gable to win it. Now, who's he going to be wrestling against? Again, it's the, it's an Iowa injury. I don't know where Cassiope's at with his injury, why he didn't wrestle in the Big Tens. If he's at full bore, I, you know, I would think he would be in the finals. But I got to I got to go with the injury factor. So I went with Paris coming from the seventh seed to, to be the the JV champ there. <laughs> 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 that's a, <laughs> that's a great way to put it really um you know it's it's funny and i shouldn't think i shouldn't think this but you mentioned you mentioned cassiope injury defaulting at the big tens and thinking of the injury factor right uh iowa heavyweights have had some bad luck when it comes to that when you think of bobby telford uh, blowing out his knee in the quarterfinals yeah. um, the one year. I think maybe even his, his freshman uh, freshman or sophomore year. And then you had Sam Stoll, who uh, was battled injury, and then, uh, you know, that came, came back to haunt him, I think, at New York City, um, possibly. Um, can't exactly remember where the site was, but. Uh, Sam Stoll had to had to forfeit out. So hopefully, um, you know, lightning doesn't strike a third time with Cassiope. But obviously, I've got Gable Stevenson winning um, with Cassiope in the finals um, for that other for that other one. And you know, you mentioned Paris, and I'll I'll say it too um, with somebody we mentioned earlier. Um, Jordan Wood, I, I think that's somebody to keep an eye on as well. 
um, at the number six because if Cassiope isn't healthy, um, you know, he could come through. And seems like we're kind of uh, dismissing Colton Schultz. Um, but I just, for some reason, as a number two, I just can't get behind him. Great Greco wrestler. Great Greco wrestler. Um, I just don't see it enough for him to come out of that bottom bottom side. Have you had a chance to watch the Air Force and heavyweight? I have I have not seen Hendrickson uh compete. It's fun. You can keep an eye on him. Don't there's one that could be a sleeper too. So he's sure. he's exciting, he's fun, man. Watching this the Big 12 championships. Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm I can't wait to see him wrestle, actually. He might be my new favorite. Uh, you know, I always like Dom it was Dumas because the thrower. Yeah. Yep. So might be now Wyatt Henderson Hendrickson might be my, my guy. All now. right, all right. I'll have to keep an eye on, on him uh uh this weekend. So with, with your teams, what uh what five teams do you have uh kind of leading the way? Uh well Penn State, I had Penn State winning it. Um and, and then now, what do you do? <laughs> so, I, again, I don't know the injury factor, so I had to factor that in. And hopefully I'm wrong. But I had Michigan second, North Carolina State's third, Iowa fourth, and then I guys pulled Arizona State in there at fifth. I don't know if that's going to fly. But so I, you know, I, I just think, I don't know where they're at with injuries. So, sure. Um, I have Penn State number one. I, I think that's uh, for me. It's a clear one. Um, I've got uh, Iowa at number two, Michigan at three. Uh, I've got NC, NC State coming in at four, um, and then I've got Cornell sneaking in at number five. I got Cornell sneaking it ahead of uh, Arizona State. Of course, you know I could see Arizona State finishing uh, fourth as well, fourth or fifth. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Courtney, you've got uh, Colton Schultz, uh, you got Ja'Cory Teamer, um, you've, you've got, uh, you know, uh, Kyle, Parko, uh, Kyle Parko, who was the Fresno State All-American as part of the Arizona State uh, uh, lineup as well. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me, but um, I'm just going to go with uh, NC State number four and then Cornell sneaking in there at number five. Okay. Yep. And then I, as you were kind of running the Arizona State guys, Blunch is in there too. It could be, you never know. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, yep. uh, so I, I, I guess I kind of, we kind of did our long shots as we were going. So, yep. Anyway. Um, any other, any other words uh, about the D1s coming up? Um, yeah. You know, it should be fun. Little Caesars Arena in, in Detroit. My oh, first time uh, yeah. in Detroit. So I guess I'm one looking of the, forward to that. One other thing, uh, um, islands that are in the NCAA that we have in our Oh, sure. So you got, we got Blockus from Minnesota, Ayala mm -hmm. from Iowa. Iowa State has Devine and Coleman. UNI has Teske, Escaglia, Oshlog, Yant, Runyon, and Gordon. Uh, South Dakota State, DeVos. And Sloan, and then Purdue has Max Lyons. So the 13 islands that I saw, unless I missed someone. Uh, it'll be fun to watch those uh, those guys compete. Um, you know, it's uh, 
it's always fun to keep tabs and you know especially like uh Cade DeVos has had a strong season there in 174 um somebody you don't get to see uh quite as often at South Dakota State but it'll be fun to to keep tabs on them this week as well uh let's turn uh to, to last week's championships uh Cedar Rapids hosted the the NCAA Division Three uh wrestling championships and uh no surprise as to who won really but how they won um is probably the more uh uh attention getting uh uh factor in this whole thing warburg edges wabash for uh their 15th for its 15th nca team tie um trying to see what the score is uh 79 to 78 and warburg needed a little help there in the finals uh wabash had three finalists the warburgs won and uh they needed a little help they got it from the likes of uh uh, Baldwin Wallace, which is coached by former uh, Western Dubuque uh, and uh, co-wrestler Jamie Gibb. Uh, they got it from North Central at 197. Uh, I can't remember the the other. Uh, Bald Baldridge was the champ there. Yep. Um, but I can't remember the third school um, that helped them out with the uh, win in the finals that uh, helped Warburg Come away Brady. with edging Wabash by one. That was Braden Burke from Milliken. Oh, okay. There you, there you go. I knew it was another Iowa tie. I knew there was a Iowa tie there, the former Western Dubuque uh, uh, state champion. And uh, the interesting thing, too, and I don't know if you caught the tweets that I sent out about this. So, Braden Burke, uh, the son of uh, Ryan Burke. He's the uh, Millican coach. He also was a uh, national champ and two-time uh, D3 finalist for uh, Upper Iowa. The 1999 Warburg edged Augsburg by a point and a half. At, uh, I can't remember where it was at, but anyway. Uh, Warburg had a point and a half victory over Augsburg for a title in 1999. Ryan Burt beat a finalist from Augsburg to win it, which also helped Warburg uh, win a team title that year um, in a really close race. And now his son, Braden Burt, did the exact same thing um, this year. Uh, so, uh, if I was Wartburg, I'd send uh, I send a nice fruit basket and a care package to the Burt family for uh, helping them with two of their closest uh, closest team races in school history. Right, and and I'd probably send one to to uh, uh, Baldwin Wallace and one to North Central, whose uh, coach was a former uh, athlete, I believe, at uh, Wartburg. So, um, and it's interesting because apparently. Uh, the North Central coaches, when they went out to 197, turned to the, the Wartburg group kind of huddled in the corner um, watching things and said, hey, we got you. Don't worry about it. We got this. 
and uh, then went and proceeded to uh, come away with a decision. Like you said, Baldridge uh, beat Jack Helt of uh, Wabash three to two. So uh, kind of cool. And uh, Warburg came away with a title. And I'll mention it because I'm sure you probably don't want to or hedged, uh, hedge a little bit on it. But the deciding point came in the 187 uh, or 184 third place match where Kyle Briggs beat Shane Lytle. Uh, got a reversal to win two nothing. Um, close out his career with a win. Uh, another All American finish. Uh, finished third in uh, two NCAA tournaments. Was an NWCA champ. So uh, big contribution there from Kyle Briggs to close things out with a win. Second All American finish at the NCAA's uh, to go along with that NWCA title and provide that uh, last uh, point. That was the difference, right? And that you know, that's a that's a tough morning. Uh, first of all, it's a, you're, they're wrestling semifinals in the morning, which I think is tough on itself. But uh, anyway, then uh, you know, after you, if you lose in the semifinals, now you got to come back forty five minutes to an hour later, coming off a loss, losing your national title, wrestling someone that had to deal with that the night before and has has already had one one win under their belt and they're kind of back on, on track a little bit. So that's a tough battle. So I was, I was proud of Kyle for that. And then when you're wrestling the kid that beat you two weeks earlier, uh, that was the national champion at 84 last year. So, um, you know, that was a real, real proud of him for battling there. And, um, but anyway, the, uh, I, I, I couldn't help but think that, that, uh, coach Keller might almost outcoached himself. Uh, and by that, let me explain myself a little bit. So I think he made a shift to put it, we talked about this earlier, put someone in at 65 and then bump up the 65 pounder to set Mulder to 74 and, and Briggs up to 84. And I think if he'd have left, left him down, the 65 pounder didn't qualify and finished six in regionals. And if he'd have left him down, I, I, I truly believe that they would have had five, uh, five to seven more points, not including bonus points. So, which I think they would have picked up there. So I just think that, Mulder would have placed higher than fourth. And I think I'm, I'm just going to say, it, I think Kyle would have won it at 74. So um, that's just, you know, so I, I almost, he took some points out of his pocket there. That's why I say he almost outcoached himself a little bit there. So fortunately it turned out all right. And then Knights won it. Yeah. So uh, Warburg ended up with all seven uh, qualifiers making the podium. Uh, they had a finalist in Zarin uh, Terakina who had a fantastic tournament. Um, you know, he uh, he had a couple major decisions um, and out to the finals, uh, especially his uh, uh, semifinal. He was the only uh, Warburg wrestler to win in the semis, obviously. Uh, he beat Averett's, uh Brandon Woody, uh, 12-0. He, fa- he faced uh, Jordan James of Mount Union in the finals. Jordan James was a 2019 uh, NCAA champion. Um and uh, James held on for a 3-2 victory there in the finals. But Terrakina, uh, with a real nice tournament uh, uh, to reach the finals. Right. Um, the uh, He's the only one that wrestled above his seed on the Warburg team. They, uh, uh, Kyle was one below his seed, and others were considered below it. So they were 15 below seed as a team. 
So that was, you know, that's the falling on your face thing in Saturday morning that really hurt and, and made this way closer than it should have been. Then some guys that weren't able to get through that semifinal match, but that also is division three, you know, the seeds are all over the place and you had upsets galore and we saw a number one and number two seed in the first round go down. And, right. And, uh, you know, so it, it's just, it's just tough in that respect, but. Um, um, just to recap the, the, the placings, uh, Brady Kiner was fifth at 125. Joe Pins, eighth at 133. Uh, Tarakina, we mentioned, was a runner-up at 141. Christian Rumpf uh, was fifth at 149. Had a pin uh, in his final match, which, you know, uh, proved uh, uh, real, uh, real important. Um, and you can point to that as being kind of a difference maker as well. Um, David Hollingsworth was sixth, got, uh, got hurt in the semifinal, um, and then medical forfeited out after that. Zane Mulder, as you mentioned, he was fourth, um, at 174, and then, uh, uh Kyle Briggs at 184 was third. Right. Oh, uh, Mulder, uh, Fourth at 174, he was third behind uh, Jacob Krakow of uh, of Loris um, there. And kind of interesting, um, Warburg kind of had uh, associations with the wrestlers that finished second, third, and fourth um, in that bracket where Krakow uh, originally started at Warburg um, before transferring to Loris. Obviously, Zane Mulder uh, was fourth. And then the runner-up uh, at 174 was Michael Ross, who was an All-American for Warburg at one time, now wrestling for Johnson & Wales. Uh, he ended up second. And uh, he, uh, he actually led D3. He was awarded uh, uh, the most technical falls um, for the season. Um, so he led D3 in technical falls there for Johnson and Wales at, at 174. Um, right. I think he had 21 or 23 or something like that on the season. That's incredible. That's like a career. What, yeah. That's better than a career for most people. But, um, and then uh, 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 Ross was Kyle's sweet mate at, uh, up at, uh, at uh, Wartburg uh, for a year there. And then, uh, of course, Jacob and he are at the same weight. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And then, yeah, Ross and Mulder had matched up in the semifinals, so you're right. Yep, and uh, we we mentioned Shane Legal already. Um, Krakow and Legal uh, finished uh, third and fourth. Uh, those were uh, Loris's only two All-Americans. Um, Cole had two All-Americans. Um, Caleb Reeves, who uh, bounced back from a disappointing uh, – quarterfinal loss where uh, he uh, he kind of forced a little bit of a throw and got uh, put on his back and then Donovan King of uh, Olivet locked up a cradle and ended up getting a fall but uh, Reeves stormed back uh, with four wins including uh, three pins uh, even had a major decision in there uh, the major decision was over Robbie Bates of North Central who knocked off the number one seed uh, as we mentioned uh that first round, the number one seed, uh, of Bates beat from Wabash on uh, Max Bishop. 
but Reeves storms back and, and gets third and uh, really dominant. And he led uh, Division uh, three in pins this year um, with 24, I believe. And that's a, that's a co-regular uh, season record um, as well. And then Will Esmoyle. You know, I, I think we talked about him a couple times during the season and uh, the way he's wrestled, and he looked really good. Uh, you know, he uh, knocked off uh, Dominic Reyes uh, from Johns Hopkins um, in the first round. Uh, and I believe Reyes was the number two seed of that weight class. Um you know, and then he came back, beat Chase Schmidt of Wisconsin and Claire uh, in the quarterfinals, lost a tough one um, uh, to uh, Kyle Hatch um, in the semifinals. Hatch was a runner-up to Braden Burt, as we mentioned, um, but he came back, went one and one on the backside to finish fourth. 57-pounder, um, really, um, that wrestled up and, and did well. Yeah, he's wrestled 57, 65, and 74. Remember, at the National Duels, he wrestled right. Cornell Beecham, had him on the ropes in the, in the sudden victory, not much time left, and took kind of a silly shot that was probably unnecessary uh, and, and gave up a takedown. Otherwise, he beats the 74-pound the champion that's been undefeated for the last two years. So, um, yeah, that – Will Esmo has been – he had a great season, I think. I'm really excited for his season. And I want to say this about Cornell Beecham, too. Um, he uh, he went over to his court. So they had coaches' corners, and then they had little, uh, like, fan uh, – like a fan corner where they had about four or five chairs set up for family and fans of uh, of the finalists. And Cornell Beecham walked over, and uh, I thought it was pretty pretty cool. Um, grabbed his young daughter, uh, infant daughter, brought him back over to the corner after he won, and uh, kind of held her up to the crowd and stuff like that. And I thought that was uh, kind of a neat way to kind of share that uh, moment and, and kind of cap his uh, uh, his tournament by being able to share that with her. I thought that was really cool. Right, and the crowd received it really well. Gave him a nice uh, ovation, so that that was a neat moment. Yep. Um, a couple other noteworthy things too here. Uh, North Central, um, you know, they ended up. Uh, we we talked about Cody Baldridge winning um, at one ninety seven. Um, they also won at uh, one thirty three. Uh, Robbie Preason came away. He ends up being North Central's very first um, NCAA champion. So they went from zero to two um, over the course of the night uh, where Robbie Preason got the first, uh, the school's first NCAA title. Baldridge uh, won at 197 as well. And as a team, they end up finishing tied for third with Augsburg at 62 and a half. Uh, behind Wartburg and Wabash. So a really, uh, really good performance for, for North Central overall. Right. And I think there were four schools that had first-time champions, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think Millican, I think that, that was their first NCAA champ. Right. And then uh, maybe it was it 
Baldwin lost maybe, and, and then uh, anyway, no, they didn't have a champ. Did they? Uh, anyway, Baldwin Wallace had a champ, but it wasn't their their first. Was not okay. It was the first in a really long time. Uh, about thirty years. Like thirty some years. Yeah. So it was yeah, it was a neat night. Now you're speaking of the if you look at the arc, and if you look at the the Lower Midwest Regional, it didn't really fare that well. So the arc had only one finalist and a second. And that was the second. That was Terrakina. That was the only finalist that the American Rivers Conference had, and um, and then the, the Lower Midwest had three champions and one runner-up. So not real strong performance there by the. I mean, they still had a, a, a lot of All Americans, but uh, it was it was lower than they were projected to have. I think so. That, oh, I think Beecham. I think Beecham was the first. Uh... Yes, you're right. NCA champ for Mount St. Joseph as well. Right. So, um, yeah, and, and one other uh, finish of note. Uh, one co ended up sixth overall, even with just the two uh, All Americans. They ended up finishing sixth. A lot of bonus points uh, went along with that, obviously. But uh, speaking of the American Rivers Conference, uh, Central College's Shannon and Keel, uh ended up third at 125, uh, made the semifinals, uh, lost a tough one there, um, came back and got third uh, to finish off his, his senior career, 22-1. Uh, and one. Right. Um, th I just wrote this down as an interesting note. Wabash, who was one point behind uh, Warburg, correct? They had their number one seed, like we mentioned, at heavyweight. Not only lost the first round, but then he lost his very first wrestle back. So he went 0-2, the number one seed. They got zero points from him. However, on the on the flip of that, their 149-pounder lost his first round pigtail match and then came back and won six straight, including the decision over the eight seed, the majored over the six seed, and then he pinned the number two seed from Warburg to, to place third. So go figure just yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. The it, only it, thing predictable about uh, the D three wrestling tournament is the fact that it's not it's unpredictable. Right. <laughs> that makes it fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It was a it was a great. Uh, uh, that's that's one of my favorite events. Not just because uh, you know I had teammates and stuff compete there and. And do well, you know. My freshman year, BV was fifth uh, overall. Um, but uh, it's just one of my favorite events overall. Uh, the competitors, the uh, attitude, um, and kind of the purity that surrounds it a little bit. Um, it's one of my favorite events. Yeah, agreed. And it's and you know these kids they don't get a scholarship like you do in Division two or Division one. They're they're doing it for the love of the sport for sure. And it's so fun because it we're we're in the heart you know the the, the hot seat or the hot bed or whatever of of D three wrestling with so, so many great programs around. So it makes it even more special to see our high school kids graduate to that to that level. Right, for sure, for sure. Um. I'll just mention real quickly that uh, uh, the Division uh, Two championships were down in uh, St. Louis over the weekend. 
Um, Tate Murray, the lone uh, uh, for Iowa qualifier, uh, he went uh, one and two at, at 141. Um, it was uh, University uh, University of Nebraska Kearney uh, that came away with a team title. <clears throat> uh, they scored 127 points, uh, uh, well ahead of Central Oklahoma, who was which was uh, runner up at 86. Uh, Matt Malcolm uh, with uh, his second um, NCAA title. Uh, of course, he's from uh, Glenwood. Uh, had a brief stop at uh, the University of Iowa before heading to the Nebraska Kearney. Um, and then uh, Justin Pur, uh, Justin Portillo, uh, formerly of uh, Clarion Goldfield Dows. Uh, he was a runner-up at 125, I believe his second um, national final appearance, maybe, maybe third, but I think it's his second. Uh, he won it a couple years ago, um, but uh, he finishes as a runner-up there. Nicole of uh, West Liberty. Any words uh, of wisdom or any uh, thing? I know one thing I'd like to share here really quick that we didn't uh, when we talked about the D1s. Uh, if you want to be able to view, uh, you'll be able to view the uh, D1 championships. The day sessions will be on ESPNU. Uh, the night sessions, uh, Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, will be on ESPN. Uh, three straight nights of primetime wrestling, uh, 19 hours of uh, live coverage overall. Um, you know, you'll have uh, Daniel Cormier as one of the uh, analysts, but uh, uh, you'll be able to, uh, uh, you know, see Jim Gibbons uh, be a part of that, uh, Mike Cousins as well. Jaden Cox is going to be on the broadcast, Shane Sparks. Anthony Robles, uh, the former Arizona State uh, national champion, they'll be part of the coverage. So uh, you'll be able to get most of your uh, uh, fix on, not Dayton fix, just your fix of wrestling um, on ESPN, ESPNU um, the next uh, few days. I remember when we used to, the, after the national tournament was over, you had to wait till the summer to see the finals matches. And now look at our coverage. We've come a long ways in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a lot different than, uh, you know, even uh, kind of the, what was it? The, the remember coming back from a commercial, from time, due to time restraints, we'll join this match in the second Period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a, I, I think they might have showed it on Wide World Sports. Remember that? Mm -hmm. the, in the summer, you know, it was like four months later or whatever. We're like, geez, really? Right. <laughs> so, all right. Any, any, any parting, uh, any parting words? I'm really looking forward to uh, the competition here in, in Detroit. Should be fun. Awesome. Well, we'll come back next week and have our uh, final podcast and, and break down the, the D1s, the, the last one of the year, and look forward to that uh, as well as we put in another season to, to bed. Okay. Awesome. See you then. 
Awesome. And go ahead and send us out, Coach. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Thanks for watching, everybody. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.